Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Welcome to church. You guys glad you came? I am. We are in a summer series called Unique, studying and thinking and meditating and, and, and looking at the greatness and goodness of our God through various attributes, how God has revealed himself to us by the Spirit in creation and through his word and ultimately through Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for Jesus because he is our only hope for knowing our eternal God. Aren't you thankful for Jesus this morning? He's our only hope. Apart from him and apart from his work on the cross, apart from his, his sacrifice on your behalf and on my behalf, we would have no hope to even stand in the presence of Almighty God, much less know him and call him Father. So all that we are as a people, all that we are as a church is loving, thanking, appreciating, adoring Jesus, whose name is above every name. The series this summer is taking a look at the bigness of God, the attributes of God. Who is God? We need a high view of God. I mentioned last Sunday that if you've ever had the privilege to walk into one of the great cathedrals of Europe, they're designed in such a way to make you feel an appropriate sense of smallness. The ceilings are massive and it's ornate and beautiful and it's meant to communicate something of the greatness and glory of God. You're meant to walk in and almost be caused be forced to whisper because you're in a special kind of space. And they wanted to design these churches centuries ago so that we would never forget that God is great and amazing and wonderful and so high and so mighty. And just when you think his love is pretty great and you think you figured it out, there's an eternity of understanding of God's love that we haven't even scratched the surface of. He is huge and amazing, and he's worth spending our summer on. And more than that, it's really important that we do. We get distracted here in this world, and there's lots of things we can be involved in. For some of us uh, in this room, uh, our kids run our lives. And we are so busy with those schedules and those things going on that we have not been disciplined to carve out moments to be on our knees, to be in the Bible, and to sit and marvel at the goodness and greatness and kindness of God on a regular basis. For some of us, whenever we get free space, we turn to a book. For some of us, whenever we get free space, it's what's on Netflix that I haven't seen yet. For some of us, it's what's on YouTube. We have a lot of distractions, and none of these things are bad. But if we're not careful, we'll fill up our minds and fill up our attention with lesser things. And suddenly, the greatness and bigness of God will be something we don't think about very often. And it'll just be, oh yeah, I knew that. And let it be said of us that we never get over how great our God is. Amen? Let's never get to a point where we no longer marvel at God. More than 20 years ago, I had the privilege of coming into contact with a pastor that 
um, actually ended up shaping some of my philosophy and approach to preaching every week. It's a story for another day. If you're curious, ask me about it sometime. It was a guy named Dave Busby. And Dave was a pastor and he was a preacher and I got to be around him four or five times, maybe ten times uh, over a, few, a set of few years. Dave has since gone on to be with the Lord. He was um, very ill, and yet he served the Lord faithfully uh, through his illness and all kinds of things. And I'll never forget sitting in a conference center uh, in Austin, Texas, for the very first Passion Conference in 1997. And I, Dave was speaking at this point, and I think it was in this context. I heard him tell this story a couple of times. I think it was at that first Passion con- Conference. And Dave begins to tell the story of, a, of, a, of the owner of an art gallery who was having a hard time getting people to come in and marvel at the beautiful paintings. <laughs> And, and in his mind, he loved art so much, and he couldn't get over the fact that people didn't want to come in and just be in awe of the colors and the shading and the depth and the portrayal and how real life was captured and the meaning and themes in all of the art. And he, he, he thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll just, just kind of start serving refreshments, and I'll, I'll put a sign outside that says, you know, free donuts, free coffee, free snacks, come on in. I want to get you to come on in and marvel at all the beauty that's here in these works of art all on the walls all around the building. And that worked for a couple of days, and then the crowds kind of trickled out. And then he thought, I don't know, I don't know what I'll do. And he, and he came up with, with three or four solutions. And for some reason, the best solution was... I'm going to contact this guy I know who owns a circus and see if he'll let me borrow a few monkeys. And we'll have some monkeys there because kids like monkeys, adults like monkeys. Monkeys are just cute. You kind of look at them and you just think they're about to do something funny. They kind of look adorable. I hear they're vicious, by the way. But, you know, we're going to bring in some monkeys in the art gallery. And, and he brought them in and he put out a big sign outside Come see the monkeys, come see the monkeys, come see the monkeys. And after a few months of huge crowds, he realized that he had fallen in his responsibility to lift up the art. And he had suddenly made it all about the trappings and the bonuses and the accessories and the extras and the refreshments. He brought monkeys into an art gallery as if the art wasn't good enough. And please, don't, please hear my shepherd's heart this morning because there's no edge to this whatsoever. There's no edge to this whatsoever. But I wonder if some of us have slipped. Just We didn't even know it. We didn't even feel it. We've slipped into a point where we've thought, oh, I don't know if I want to go to church today. And we start to think, well, is it worth it? <laughs> Will there be refreshments? Will there be monkeys? <laughs> And we've lost this marveling at the beauty and the greatness of God. We didn't mean to. But for somehow, his mercy and his justice and even his wrathfulness, his infinity, 
his omnipotence, his omniscience, somehow it became, oh yeah, we already know that. And I so want for you and for me that whenever we stop and pause to think of God, it catches our breath again that he is so big, he is so mighty, and by the way, he doesn't need us at all, but he chooses us anyway, and he gave his son for us. Let's never get over that, amen? And let's never slip into the mode of thinking like the story Dave told that church has got to have extras in order for us to want to come and marvel in the art gallery of the greatness of our God. Can we agree this morning? He is enough. So here we are in this series this summer for all of those good and noble reasons as we follow Jesus and do our best to see him clearly and love him deeply. Today I want to give you two um, attributes of God. We're going to chew on just two of them today because they're, they're pretty meaty. <laughs> they're big chunks of attributes of God, and there's two of them. The first one is this. He is sovereign. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Everybody say sovereign. Whenever you think of the word sovereign, it's, it's a word that's, that's used to refer to something royal or someone who's royal. The king is a sovereign. The queen is a sovereign ruler. I'm going to put some things up on the screen here this morning for us to, to wrap our brains around this. Sovereignty refers to God's absolute authority and control over every being and thing and system in existence. And we're going to leave this up here for a minute in case you want to write this down in your notes or snap a pic of this or whatever you want. But this understanding of God's sovereignty is where we understand he is supreme. He doesn't have to check with anyone. There's no one above him. He has all rule, all authority, and control over every being. That means humans. Animals, angels, demons. Demons are not running loose on their own, doing whatever they want. They must submit to the authority of our sovereign God. He has control and authority, absolute control and authority over every being and everything. That means the body you're walking around in right now. That body that some of us might be thinking is betraying us in these years. That body we might be thinking is, is not quite what we wish it were. He has absolute control and authority over every cell in your body. Everything on this planet. Every asteroid traveling through the universe. Every square inch of a black hole that we don't even fully understand what that is. Everything is under the authority of the God. Every person, whether they know the name of Jesus, they're under his authority. 
whether they claim the name of Jesus, whether they go to church, whether they know anybody who goes to church, God is the king over all. But look at this still, look, keep looking at this, this definition here, this explanation. Sovereignty refers to God's absolute authority and control over every being and thing and system in existence. There are systems at work right now, and I know a lot of us are really thankful for one called gravity. Gravity is at work because you're not just floating up and flying up. You might be thinking, that'd be kind of fun. It might be for a couple of minutes. But we do appreciate gravity. It's helpful. We appreciate the rotation of our planet at just the right speed, the distance that we are from the sun at just the right distance, not too hot, not too cold, the tilt on the Earth's axis that's just about right. We appreciate the system of auditory things where I can talk and you can hear and David and Rachel and Eleni can sing beautiful things up here and you can have them register into your brain. Aren't you thankful for the system of sight and light that you can see the loved one that you're sitting near right now, that you can see colors? Aren't you so thankful for all of these systems that are going on right now all throughout the universe? God has absolute authority over every system, everything, every being, every person in existence. That's the truth of who God is in the macro, in the big picture. Now let's talk about how that gets worked out. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Letter B, God's sovereignty is expressed. God works out his sovereignty as providence. Everybody say providence. God's providence is his intentional, proactive, hands-on, simultaneous management of all people and things and systems that exist. Whoa. Right this second, God is simultaneously managing Every person and being on this planet and everything in the universe, known and unknown. And he's not breaking a sweat. Providence is the working out of his position as king. Providence is how God manages and arranges and moves and causes things to be adjusted and, and has a little bit of, a, of a, a facilitating where things come into your life and other things go out of your life and things aren't allowed to come into your life and things that happen to you and you've got to wait over here because something else is going to go by and then it's going to be time for you. God is simultaneously upholding and managing and controlling hands-on, real-time, with no breaking of a sweat, everything and every person in existence. That's awesome. I love the word in here, God's intentional, proactive. I want you to think that God is proactive. I want you to remember that God is comfortable in his position as God. God is not scrambling with the world's condition. God is not playing defense. Hello? God is on offense all the time. God is not scrambling around putting out fires. 
God is, is not some short order cook in the kitchen going, okay, what do we need next over here? Okay, I've got, got some scrambled eggs going over here, and i got a pot of water boiling from some pasta over here. I got, oh, something else is in the oven. i got to get over here. God is not scrambling, running around, solving problems, and reacting. Our God is on the move, ruling and reigning perfectly in all of the universe. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. That's comforting to me. Sometimes we think, man, this world's a mess. And did you hear what was on the news? Did you see what was on the news? Have you been paying attention to what's been happening? Did you hear about what's going on over there and over there and this group and that group and this thing is happening? Listen, God is not on his heels. Our God, every day, every second, is accomplishing what he wants to accomplish when he wants to accomplish it because he's sovereign. And everything submits to him. There's not a single time where God was like, sorry, my hands are tied. Sorry, that's beyond my ability to deal with. Oh, sorry, I didn't know they were going to do that. But because they did that, now I'm stuck. Never in the history of history has there been a moment where God was anything less than full-on, rightfully, perfectly managing all things for his glory and for your good. I told you they were meaty this morning. (laughs) The providence of God is in your life. And that ought to help you sleep well at night, amen? And as you get up and you go about your day and as you're headed to the doctor's office, he's ahead of you. And as you're worried about the results of the test, He's in control of every system coursing in your body. And as you're thinking, man, there's a threat. Somebody who's coming against me, they're telling lies. They're rallying the troops against me. They're forming a camp against me. they They have just come full on to attack me. Whoever that is, whatever that is, cannot take a step without the permission of sovereign God. Because there's no thing, no system, no person that's outside of his control and rule and authority. Is this good news? Oh, friends, he is wonderful and beautiful and amazing and astounding and marvelous. And let's never get over it. I want us to look at some scripture that helps us this morning to understand these things. We're going to look at three passages here related to his sovereignty. Number one is in Psalm 103, verse 19. It just says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Rules over how much? All. And that includes all things, all people all beings, all systems, all locations. His kingdom rules over all. The second one is in 1 Chronicles 29, 11. 1 Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. 
for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over how much? All. I love this verse. It would be a great verse to memorize this summer, friends. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory. This is the writer marveling at God. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven. Things that we can see, things that we cannot see, things on the earth, all of the things in the earth and under the earth is yours. Through Jesus, in his finished work on the cross and his resurrection, you have an opportunity to call the God, the sovereign God, Father and friend. One more passage. Psalm 135, verse 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. When the writer was writing this, they would look at the sea. They didn't have, you know, little submersible submarines at that point. They didn't have diving gear in the ancient Near East. I don't know if you got that point in history or not, but they didn't have it. And so they would look at the depths and they would just know it was deep, like real deep just deeper than deep, and we don't even know what's down there. And then at night, they had no light pollution. (laughs) There were no street lights or signs or cityscapes nearby, and so they all the stars in the Milky Way was just shining bright, and they could see what they could see, but they had no telescopes, and they could not see beyond what they could see with their, their naked eye. And even what they could see, they knew that this was something that belonged to the Lord, and it was about the Lord, and they were even saying, even in the heavens, and what they were talking about is the stuff we can see and the stuff we can't see. And now we've got the Hubble, and we've got the, the upgrades to, the, to those telescopes and we've got probes that have been launched out to the far reaches of the galaxy and all those kind of things and we think we can see but we can't even see all that there is to see and all of that all of that belongs to the Lord and it's under his prerogative it's under his pleasure he does whatever he pleases he didn't have to check with anybody Didn't that sound good? He moves at will. This verse, this concept of the sovereignty of God says this. God is absolutely free in his supremacy. He is the definition of free. Because he can do what he wants with what he wants when he wants. He is free. The first one this morning is God is sovereign. He is sovereign. The second attribute I want us to look at is is connected and linked, and they need to be taught together. God is omnipotent. Everybody say omnipotent. Omnipotent. Say it one more time. You weren't so sure about that one. Omnipotent. Omnipotent. 
It's a compound word. It's omni and potent. Potent meaning strength and strong or power and omni meaning all. So it's omnipotent, omnipotent. And you guessed it. That's what the word means. All power resides in him. He is God almighty. God's omnipotence is expressed. He is, he is almighty. That is the, you, the word Shaddai um, in an in a English transliteration of the old word there means mighty or almighty. And so El Shaddai is God almighty. Yes, it means he can lift anything. <laughs> yes, it means he can do anything. Yes, it means that he's not even concerned whether Thanos could beat Captain Marvel or Superman could beat all three of them. Uh, or he's not even concerned with, with all of those questions of power and strength because all power resides in him. He's almighty. He has no limits or restrictions. He can do anything. He can do anything. He's eternally free in his power as the supreme sovereign. I want to walk you through a couple of scripture passages this morning in the book of Genesis that relates to the omnipotence of God. The first one is God declaring something about himself to Abram and Sarah. Do you remember that story? Uh, They didn't have any kids. (laughs) And then God was like, I'm going to make you the father of lots of generations. And then, does anybody remember what Sarah did? She laughed. And let's just see this verse here, Genesis 18, 14. God is saying this, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. In this verse, I want you to see some things. God is declaring himself to be almighty. God's omnipotence is his title. One of the things that God introduces himself is, I am the Lord God Almighty. God declares that about himself. In this verse, you also see something else. You see the prophecy and the fulfillment of promise in this verse. You see God saying, I'm going to exercise my sovereignty And I'm going to express it in my providence. And it's going to look like this. I'm going to return to you at the appointed time. I hold all time. And when I do, she's going to have a child. Look at the word will in that verse. That's God standing up tall saying, I'm going to make stuff happen. Because nothing's too hard for me. I will do this, and I will do that. That's God being free. That's God being sovereign and omnipotent. This is God saying to them in almost a little bit of a, have you been paying attention? Is anything too hard for me? What are you facing this week in Murfreesboro, Tennessee? What's keeping you up at night these days? What's draining the joy? Now, apply to that. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
I love how God declares, this will happen. I'm going to tell you it's going to happen, then I'm going to make it happen. And if you read more of the book, it happens. God keeps his promises. Still in the book of Genesis, we're going to go ahead several chapters to, verse, to chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35, verse 11 this morning. I want you to see one other um, expression of this. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Here he is again, self-declaring his title, who he is. And he says to them, be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will be among your descendants. This is God saying, not only am I the God Almighty, I have all power, all ability, no limits, no restrictions, because I am the sovereign, but I can make stuff happen by providence. I am steering your life, and I even have the ability to change your future generations and your legacy. It's massive. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Not Sarah having a baby at an old age and not God saying, I'm going to do something with your life and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and your grandkids that you can't even count down the road. I'm already working on that because I am the sovereign omnipotent. So right now, while we sit here in this room, God already has designs for your great great, great, great grandkids and his role in their life on the earth. We don't need monkeys in the art gallery this morning. I got a big wow in my heart. How about you? He is enough. The El Shaddai is at work in your life right now. You may not see his hand, but you need to know it's there. And he is perfectly managing the intersections of things and timing and your life and their life and those things and impact on you and consequences and repercussions and how everything triples, trickles down, not just for now, but throughout all history in accordance with his promises and in accordance with his pleasure and will. And he's doing it perfectly. Because he can do anything. Because he is free. All power resides in him. He's the almighty and he is the sovereign. And every being, every system, Everything, every person that exists is under his authority and control. And that gives us hope, amen? This morning, we're going to watch a video together for a few minutes, and then I'm going to come back and wrap this up together. But I want you to hear a story of the power of God at work in somebody's life. Let's watch this together. Where do I even begin when I talk about my job? I'm there around four o'clock in the morning. I walk in in workout clothes, tennis shoes, no makeup. Then I get out of the hair and makeup chair around five in the morning. 
I go up to my office, I take notes, I write it all in this manila folder. I put on my dress, put on my high heels. Then I rush out to the set, I say hey to everyone and say hey to the control room because they're in my ear talking to me. And then we get the five, four, three, two, one, and then we go on air and we have three hours of fun. And it's a high, I just love it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I love what I'm doing. I remember we lived in Spartanburg, South Carolina, sitting on the shag carpet in our den, watching the Oscars and our big TV and crying because I wanted to be there so badly. I just had this desire in my heart as a little girl that I wanted some form of the stage or television or entertainment. I went on auditions, I was involved in theater. Anytime a movie would come to our hometown, I would audition as an extra and somehow weasel my way into the background. It was just a desire of mine as a little girl. I was born this way. Growing up throughout my high school years, I just had this void in my life. And I remember asking my friend Cindy, why do I feel this way? I feel like there are people that don't understand me and don't even care about understanding me, but are still critical of me. The biggest regret for me is not living my life the right way for so long. I was 21 years old before I figured out that I needed to answer that knock on my door, which was God. I felt like if you did that, if I answered the door and I let God into my life, then I was gonna have to give up things that were fun and he wanted me to live a life that wasn't fun. Instead, the fun began when I did that. I was searching to be loved by other people. I was searching for friends. I was searching for acceptance. And then I asked God to come into my life and instantly he just poured blessings into my life. I wanted to be able to live a comfortable life. I wanted to have children after I had achieved my success because I didn't ever want to feel stressed about my finances. I was a planner. I had a whole life planned out. What I was gonna do, how I was gonna get to New York and what internships I was gonna do and what the stepping stones were gonna be. And so when I started trying to have children, I was not successful. I ended up finally getting pregnant in the fall. I went to the ultrasound and I heard the heartbeat and it was so beautiful and we were so excited. So then I went back for the next appointment and she walked in and she said, you know, I've had two other patients that have been in the same situation that you've been in Ainsley today. And um, I, I just want to prepare you that it might not be good. And I said, Dr. DeBrennan's, what do you mean? Like you, I didn't, there could be something wrong. She said, I'm sure everything's fine, but the baby was really small at the first appointment. And we knew that, I just thought that maybe we had miscalculated the birthday or she had miscalculated it and maybe the numbers were off. She, you know, puts the stuff on your stomach and runs that ultrasound and she saw the baby and we saw the baby on the screen and just like before she had to find the heartbeat and we saw the heart and she put the wand in that area and there was no heartbeat. And so she looked at us and she just said, I'm so sorry. And she just tried and she tried and there was nothing there. There was no heartbeat. And so um, we had, um, we had just prayed for a healthy baby. And I knew that um, God answered that prayer. You walk down the streets of New York and you see other girls with their carriages and their strollers and their babies and their baby bumps and you want it so badly. 
I started thinking, should I have done this earlier? You know, is this my fault? What's going on? I remember going in for the DNC, which is the surgery, and I remember crying because I didn't want them to take her away from me. I just imagined like my child going for testing and it was so scientific and this was my child. I just thought, I'm gonna be separated from this baby until I go to heaven. I just knew like everything in my life, I had to wait a little bit longer. His plan is not my plan. His time frame is not my time frame. And there are seasons in our life and he's teaching us through each of those seasons. And at this point he was teaching me to wait and to be patient and to trust him. And so I had no choice. We um, go out to dinner with some friends and, and then I told my husband, I was like, I think we probably need to take a pregnancy test. And so it was not romantic at all. We went into the bathroom in our tiny little apartment in our pre-war apartment, this terrible bathroom. I just, you know, did the pregnancy test and it said pregnant. <laughs> we were in shock, in shock, not expecting it at all. The doctor told us, everything's great. She said, I promise you, everything is perfect. I wanted to tell my mom on Mother's Day and I sent my mom a picture of the ultrasound and I put it in an envelope and I wrote, you know, you're gonna be grandmother. Mom waited all day to open it. I called her, I said, did you get my gift? Yes, I haven't opened it yet, I'm, I promise you I will. I said, Mom, will you please just get the gift and open it while I'm on the phone with you? And she said, what is this? She pulled out the picture, she said, are you having a baby? And I said, yes, and she just starts screaming, Wayne, 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 that's my dad's name. I am so glad I have a little girl. She's like my partner. She loves wearing my shoes. She loves putting my makeup on. She loves lip gloss. We can travel together one day, shop together. We'll decorate her college dorm together. I can plan her wedding. She is just, she's the best. She's my little girl. This world's amazing and I'm loving my life and I'm so blessed, but this is not it. I just know there's something better. I know that women are hurting. I know that men are hurting. I know that you can get through it. It might not be your plan, and it might not be what you want for your life. Know that God has a plan. God works it all out. And life is just, it just is such a journey, and every step of it, good or bad, is still beautiful. My name is Ainsley Earhart, and I am second. I marvel at the video because this is a woman who is saying, I love my life. And we all know there was a moment when she was in that doctor's office when she felt like the bottom dropped out of her life. And at some point she tried and tried and tried and things weren't working and she stepped back and she just had to wait on the plan of God. And the sovereign God expressed his rule as providence in timing that was only his to bring about this blessing that she could not bring on her own.
the fact that God rules, the fact that God is almighty brings us to some truths this morning, some comforting truths, amen? I wanna walk you through four things as we get ready to finish. Because God is sovereign, no person or thing has unfiltered access to my life. Nothing is stronger than God. And if he doesn't want it to touch your life, it will not touch your life. Amen? So do not be afraid. If something touches your life, it is somehow, and we don't get it, we don't understand it, it is somehow by the permission of God because nothing was able to sneak past him. Amen? Because God is sovereign, no person or thing has unfiltered access to my life. You and I live with a father filter over our lives. And that's beautiful. That's who he is. Number two, because God is sovereign, I can rest knowing that Jesus is holding all things together including the details and messiness of my family. Jesus is right now, according to Colossians 1.17, Jesus is right now holding all things together in your life. Sovereign. I can rest in that. He's managing the universe so I don't have to. Hello? He's managing the situation. So my role in it is to trust in him and wait on him. He's got you and your circumstances in his hands. Number three, because God is omnipotent, I have hope. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? He has all power. And if he's for me, and he is, he is for you. What in the world could have any hope of coming against you, against him? Nothing is too difficult for your God. No illness, no infertility, no wayward child, no rebellious child, no withdrawn spouse, and no scar that you still carry from when you were younger. It's too difficult for him. We have hope. Number four, this one just might be my favorite. 
because God is sovereign and omnipotent, I can live in confidence and boldness. I can play offense instead of defense. Will you receive that this morning? Wake up tomorrow in confidence and in boldness that your Father is the King of the universe. Hello? Wake up in confidence and in boldness tomorrow that God has your back, that God is going before you, that God is going with you. Wake up in confidence and in boldness tomorrow. Do not live on your heels, but live playing offense in deep faith. I believe God can change this. I believe God can heal this. I believe God can restore this. I believe God can absolutely reverse this. I believe God can reach that person. I I believe God can repair our marriage. I believe God can restore our health. I believe God can do whatever it is. Stand up tall, not in your ability, but in his ability, because he is sovereign and omnipotent, and nothing is hard for him. Do not fear, do not cower, do not become discouraged because God is on the throne and simultaneously in the nitty gritty details of your life. Anybody grateful for that this morning? Sovereign and omnipotent is your God. The way God becomes your father, the way you have a relationship with God is by believing in Jesus and becoming his disciple. And as the person on the video talked about, inviting God into your heart, I want to follow Jesus and become your disciple. I want to become a Christian. I want to know the God and have a relationship with him. If you haven't done that, you need to do that today. Just confess your sins to God tell him you want to follow his son Jesus as a disciple and he'll change your life forever would you bow your head and close your eyes let's respond this morning with just a couple of minutes of prayer before we sing what looks big and scary or difficult in your life right now Would you speak faith in God's omnipotence over that situation? And sit back, rest, breathe, trust that he is big enough, strong enough. Is there a friend or a family member who's going through just horrific stuff right now? That right now you can call out to the God and ask him to flex his muscle, ask him to work his miracles, ask him to come through, to deliver, to rescue, to repair, to restore, to heal. Would you believe God for your friend right now, for your family member? Would you intercede for them? Would you stand up in prayer for them right now? Would you pray in faith for them right now? Believe God for them.
God, help each of us to marvel and enjoy your omnipotence and your sovereignty. And Lord, dealing with your timing and your plan is one of the tougher things of life. We're just being honest. It's hard to see your plan sometimes, Lord. It's hard to see your hand. It's hard to see what you're up to. And so, Lord, we'll, we'll stop and we'll just let you run the universe and we'll just trust you. But, Lord, grow us up into that, too. We, we struggle there. But, Father, I want to pray also for my friends this morning and for my own life that you would raise up boldness in our heart, Lord, that we would play offense, that we would remember that our God is the lion, the lion of Judah, roaring in battle, asserting your rule and reign and will and pleasure across the universe. So, Lord, we say no more to fear. We say no more to doubt. We say no more to insignificance or insecurity, Lord. And we say our hope is in you because we can't, but you can. We don't have a clue, but you hold all things, even unto future generations. You are great, O oh Lord. There is no one like you, O oh Lord always working wonders, mighty in power, faithful to the end, beautiful, just, kind, and merciful, and sufficient. God, you are enough. You are enough, Lord. And you've been so good to us through Jesus. It's so good to us with the blessings in our lives, Lord. You've come through time and time again, and we trust you, God. We trust you. Our faith rises to you this morning as worship. You bring life. You give hope. Great are you, Lord. Amen. Would you stand up? We're going to sing this to the Lord together. Let this just spill out of your heart.